want to thank you for that. And uh, turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Probably a familiar story as we think about Christmas. Maybe it's a tradition for you as a family to read that around this time. Appreciate um, just the opportunity this morning to open God's Word. And and I uh, have had the chance in the past to go to Mogan. Um, I think it was four years ago, a group of us from Sydney drove 16 hours to go and um, and do about a about two weeks worth of outreach over in, um, in those areas out with uh, Brother Jim and really enjoyed that, really enjoyed, as uh, Brother Phil mentioned, just the difference that, that being out in the country makes. You look up and you see the, the, the array of stars out there. It's an amazing thing. So if you've never done that, do that. Um, maybe an opportunity for you uh, at some, some point, I think, next year to go with, uh, with Jim or just go yourself and just see what it's like. Um, was able to take my son with with me, um, Malachi, and it was his first time, his longest trip that he's ever taken in a car, and 16-hour drive, um, and and we just enjoyed it. We were out with another church, Faith Baptist Church, and that was a crazy time. All right, we just there was about oh, I think about 35 of us that went and tell you what, uh, talk about terrorizing Morgan. You know, we were just out there, and uh, I remember the actual day that we were in Mogan, we went out on the Saturday like they did yesterday, and we went and started letterboxing and, and all of that, and, and putting um, uh, just door hangers, you know, the like Word for the West stuff with all of the gospel in there, and, and that day it, it rained like I'd never seen it. It rained so much, and, uh, and my dad actually was with us at that time, and he was out with some of the faith. Uh, Faith Baptist Church boys, and if you know them, there's uh, a lot of Lebanese, um, and they're they're out there soaking wet, soaking wet. And my dad, he he sort of looked up on his phone where the nearest um, laundromat was, and they found one, and went in and literally took their shirts off, chucked them in, got dry, and and all of that. And they'll never forget that. And I don't think anyone else in that store would forget that either. But uh, it was a great time. We really enjoyed just uh, heading out there. It was really, uh, really moving to see God working out in the outback. And, uh, you know, all of those memories and um, speaking of, of the rain, rain has a tendency to create mud as well. And the, the following Sunday, we we're in Tarun, and we're out in a camping ground there. And, um, you know, I had, I had a, a nice tent. I planned ahead. But a couple of the guys, they bought um, really, really cheap Kmart tents. And I don't know about you, if you've ever gone camping, you know when it rains, it's never nice going camping. But especially when you don't have a good tent, they didn't put any any kind of uh, rain protection over it. And by that morning, they were in like, you know, about, a, about two and a half centimeters of water in their tents. And I'll tell you what, we were about to head to church and we were meant to be spiritual. Those, those young men weren't spiritual that morning. All right. And um, we were heading over to Tarum for for um, for a service, and uh, and I just remember coming out and you know walk, having to walk to the shower sheds, and I felt like I was getting taller as I walked. There's all the mud under my foot, and um, so it was just an interesting time. But um, but I hope that you've been praying for them. I'm excited to to hear what what's been go- going on over there, especially seeing. Um, about a good group go out with them as well. And I know that you you all did that last year as well. But um, Luke chapter 1, and uh, we're going to look here a little bit about the the Christmas story and a couple of things that we can learn from it. And 
You know, the Christmas season, I think for all of us, it's supposed to bring a bit of a sigh of relief. It's the end of the year. Uh, perhaps you're looking at work and things are starting to slow down a little bit. Maybe not quite right now, but heading into that. It's also really a time to enjoy, a time to, to enjoy some family time, a time to reflect on the year that's been. And I think the busy nature of our lives, it brings about the need for some time to take a deep breath and just enjoy a, a, a slow couple of days. But when you think about the first Christmas, think about what was happening here, it, was, it wasn't really a time for that. The, the story really begins with an announcement that turned this young lady's life upside down. And the, the Christmas story is really one about the unexpected happening and the unimaginable circumstances that become a reality. And I, I think anyone here would like to get bad news. You know, sometimes when you hear something and something unexpected happens, you sort of have to deal with that really quickly. And, and uh, I think about the, 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 probably the worst time in the year that you would probably want that is around Christmas. You know, you're looking for a bit of enjoyment. You're looking for a bit of celebration. You're looking for a time of peace and joy like, like all the... Christmas carols say. And no one likes to get the unexpected, especially when it's the bad kind of unexpected. And I remember when I was at uni, you know, when you're a university student, you just, you can, you have to find any kind of work you can get, right? And I got a, I got a little ad for a, for a job that fitted in with my schedule, and it was debt collecting. Anyone, anyone ever, ever did that? So I would go on the phone and, and ring people up and say, hey, you owe us money. And it was around about this time, it was at the beginning of December, and, and I would get on the phone and it would be, you know, some, some people who owe money on their, on their credit cards, and I would get on the phone and say, hello, this is Hernan, H-E-R-N-A-N, you know, I would spell my name because I'm paranoid about that, and I, I'd say, hey, you know, um, this is from so-and-so, where." We're actually calling about your visa card, and um, if you could, uh, the, you need to make a payment today. And, you know, you, when you start to talk about that, people suddenly who've forgotten about that debt suddenly remember it, and they, they go into a panic, and they tell you every story under the sun, right? And, you know, it, it was just some of, the most, some of the most outrageous stories, but some of the most heart-wrenching as well. Some, sometimes I'd get a I'd call and it was a it was a grandmother and they'd go oh well now I can't buy Christmas presents for my kids and oh and I, you just go and and as a as a young man I'm just going how could I do this you know I, I was a bearer of bad news and I don't think anyone here would like to be the bearer of bad news let alone receive that and you know I I didn't last very long I lasted two weeks and I, I had enough of the sob stories and I quit but. There's this story here in the Bible that we all know, but it was really, when you think about it, a story that came about unexpectedly that, that would have thrown a spanner in the works in the, in the plans of, of Mary and Joseph. You know, Mary in, in this situation, was, she was probably a young maiden. Probably when you look at, look at it in, this, in, in its historical context, she was probably about 15 to 18 years of age. According to Jewish tradition, most men and ladies were betrothed between 16 to 24 years of age, with one year separating the engagement, that's the betrothal, 
and then the ceremony, which is the public declaration. So it was about a year of just waiting for that time when you were going to actually get married. So you can imagine during this whole sequence of events that, that the announcement that Mary was about to be with child would pose a serious problem during this whole stage of the relationship. That's why if we quickly turn to Matthew chapter 1, notice Joseph's response here. Now the birth of Jesus in verse 18 was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, there they came together. She was found with child before they came together. Sorry, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. He was a just man. He was a man of character. And because of the situation that he had just found, she, he was thinking the worst and he was going to put her away privately. And you, you understand that this would have been heart-wrenching for these two to receive this kind of news during this whole time that's meant to be this wonderful time of waiting. And no wonder then Joseph's response in want was, was to keep Mary from controversy. And so when you think about it, the first Christmas, really it's a lesson in how to deal with unexpected news and how the faithful respond to it. You know, it was a spanner in the, in the works. It was a spanner in the plans. And, and, and regardless of whether it's Christmas or not, there's going to be times in our lives where there's going to be our plans made awry. There's going to be times when we're going to receive news or, or, or come through and see an unexpected circumstance. And there's going to be times where we're going, to, we're going to have plans and they're not going to come to be because of circumstances beyond our control. But in all reality, there's a way that we ought to respond. And I think we all understand that life is full of surprises. I think the nature of man is that we are limited in our understanding of, of what it is now and what can be and we understand, we know not what tomorrow holds, none of us. All of us here, we have plans, we have wishes, we have dreams, we have things that we're looking forward to. And yet in all reality, those are, those are just plans until they come to be. And Mary and Joseph, they had to deal with the reality that their plans weren't going the way they, they wanted it. And that this announcement meant that they were going to have to trust God. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say we ought to trust God. You know, it, it's sometimes it's a bit of a throwaway saying. How many of us, we would say that to, to one another in, in little circumstances, but we understand that inherent with trusting God sometimes means it's, we're, we're dealing with something that's difficult. We're dealing with something that's beyond you know, our, our own reasoning, and it's beyond what we can comprehend and understand. And it's in those times when actually trusting God counts the most. It's in those times when we have no explanation and we have no plan B, plan C, or plan D. We have none of that. It's actually then, it's actually then when trusting God counts the most. So the first Christmas actually was a time of trusting. It was, it was a trusting that God knew what was best and that in doing so, we bring about the glory of God and then the bless, and blessing to others. And I want you to notice a couple of things as we think about the, the, this first Christmas the, and some lessons about the unexpected. Notice, firstly, a human response. 
a human response. Go back with me to Luke 1, and if you notice here, the, the announcement's been made, the angel has come. In verse 29, and when she saw him, notice this, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What's this all about? Here's the response. It's a human response. She was troubled at his saying. You know, fear, fear and doubt and uncertainty is the natural response to unexpected news. It's a natural response. You know, I don't know if I've ever really, when I think about it, ever really received really bad news when it comes to me personally. But I know many of you have. Maybe some of you, you've come into the doctor's office and you've heard a diagnosis. Maybe there's some here just in regard to some real plans and then suddenly something that was so sure has been torpedoed by a certain circumstance. I wonder if you've really received some bad news. And the human response to that is to doubt and fear at the moment. And no doubt that's reasonable, isn't it? You know, when your, your plans, especially when it comes to something that's consequential in our lives, when those things happen in our lives, all of us here, there's a natural tendency to fear, and that's a very human response. That's reasonable. And perhaps this year you've had some difficult news to take. Maybe you've had plans that have changed. You've had ambitions ruined. And perhaps even next year, you know, that's the reality of life. And in those moments, no doubt you'll initially respond in fear. You know, in fear, we may become troubled by the unknown. And that's, that's really what's inherent in fear. You know, it's the fear is, is really equal to what's going to happen next. Why we fear, we don't tend to fear when we know what's happening. We tend to fear when we don't know what's, what's going to happen. We, there's an unknown factor to this. How's, in Mary's situation, how's this going to be received by Joseph and his family? In Joseph's situation, how's this going to look on her? And all of these were, were very real questions. In fear, we become troubled by the unknown. And this announcement, although unexpected, it had a very real implication of derailing their plans. And it was actually, really, when you think about it, uh, the impossible, isn't it? Because we understand that Mary is a virgin. We understand that she had not known any man and she had kept herself pure and she was waiting for that time where she was to be married to her love, uh, the love of her life, Joseph, so that they could start their family. And she had chosen right, but suddenly this came about. And the fear, the response, the human response to that is really because there was an unknown factor to be considered. What's going to happen now? You know, we don't view unexpected news often well. We often view it negatively first because we don't know what it means for the future. And, you know, some people, they, they don't like sudden change. Who, who here likes to be scheduled and planned? Anyone? Some people. They like to have a schedule. They like to have a plan. And, and those things get derailed. You know, when, uh, I appreciate the, the decorations. Wonderful job by all who came on Friday. But, you know, our, our, um, our wedding was, was one where, where we had a, a, a couple of nights ahead of it where we put up some decorations. And it was really elaborate decorations. My, my wife has a best friend, 
and she's very good with, with just decorations. She created this beautiful, uh, beautiful, um, I don't even know how to describe it. She, she fixed up our hall, right, uh, at Southland, and she put, up, um, she put up really elaborate decorations. And on the morning that we, uh, myself and the groomsmen arrived, I went, straight, I went straight into the pastor's office. I was sitting with the pastor. I was just chatting with him. And suddenly, one of my groomsmen comes knocking on the door. And he goes, don't panic, but the decorations fell. So I was sitting there, and I looked at him, and I said, what do you want me to do about it? You fix it. <laughs> right? He's the groomsman. I'm the groom. <laughs> so I, they went, and they fixed it. A couple of the men ran to Bunnings to get more, more sticky stuff to put on the walls. And, um, and we, they fixed it. It looked beautiful. And, you know, sometimes we panic when there's a sudden change of plan. Sometimes we, we start to lose track of the reality of who God is and the reality of the fact that He's infinitely in control. And sudden change sometimes can fluster us and, and, and then our imaginations can easily become our driving reality. You know, often because of the unknown, what we start to do is fill it in. We start to fill in the gaps. We start to fill in with our own understanding, with our own imagination. And often we can make up our own narrative based on what we think we have just seen or heard and what that all means. I think all of us here, our imaginations can run pretty wild at times. You know, last night, if you were, you were up a little bit, you probably heard all of the thunder and, and saw all of the lightning and you know how it was as a, as a child? Suddenly all of that uh, starts to happen outside and suddenly everything in your room becomes a horror movie. <laughs> and you know, I'm sure for you who had young kids like we do, we had some kids running into our room and saying, oh, Dad, I'm scared, when they were just, you know, seemed to be happy lying there just five minutes before that. But you know what that is? It's because our imaginations are programmed to run wild. And our imaginations start to fill in all of the unknown. And, and what Mary had, she had a sudden choice to make. Was the unknown of this sudden announcement, this change of circumstances and the change to her plans going to be her undoing? Or was it going to be her making? See, when we aren't walking with God like we ought, we then only have our human response to rely upon. When, when we're not trusting God, when we're suddenly in situations that we find ourselves uncomfortable or flustered, then sometimes the human response is all we have. And we've got to be careful when our thoughts and our imaginations and our fears, really, are the things that are driving our, our responses and driving our decisions. In Leviticus 26, 36, And upon them that are left alive of you, and this is God. He was saying, I will send a faintness into their hearts in the land of their enemies. See, God knows the, the mindset of man and the sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them. And they shall flee as fleeing from a sword and they shall fall when none pursueth. Sometimes we, we look at a circumstance and we, uh, as hard as it can be and as, a, as difficult as it can be, we can exacerbate that, we can make it even more. Because the reality is, often in fear, we can easily stop there and just, just stay with our human response and understanding. 
See, Mary and Joseph could have easily and quite naturally decided to allow fear to consume them. And we've got to be careful, but I want you to note another response, another reaction. Not only do we see a human response, and again, it's reasonable in those times to, to, to fear, but we actually can do this. We see a helpful reaction. Look at verse 34. So the angel responds to all of that. He elaborates. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And, and again, by the way, just before we get into this, we don't often view things that are out of our control, especially those as favor from God. And yet sometimes we, we look at that and when we, it's because it's out of our control, we see it as unfavorable. But when it's out of our control, it's in God's control. And so we see, she says, he says, You're, you've got favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So there's more explanation. And God sometimes does that. He comforts us. He, he explains some things. And then notice verse 34. Here's the helpful response. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And here's the helpful reaction. It was this. She asked a question. The question was asked, but it was directed to the right source. And what we fail to consider during times of fear, in times when we face unknowns, is that we as believers, even though we don't know, someone, we know someone who does know. And Mary and Joseph, they had assurances from heavenly beings, yet we have much more than that. We have the very promises from the very Word of God. And we have God himself in our hearts. And, and although we can be surprised, can I remind you this, this morning, God is never surprised. He just isn't. And, and in fact, he tells us, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you. And, and we ought not be surprised if our plans go awry. Don't think it's strange when you go through testing circumstances. God in His Word has already shown us over and over again, you don't know, but He does. And so He's saying, trust me. You know, He's saying, ask. You know, many times God would reason with us if we just asked. You know, Mary's helpful reac reaction was to ask. I wonder if we're good at asking. You know, we're trying to teach our kids that if you don't know what to do, ask. We, we often tell them that, you know, if you don't know what to do with this task, ask us. Ask us for some clarification. Ask us how to do that. We're more than willing to help. And, you know, our questions are helpful. And what Mary was asking here, she was asking simply, how is this possible? This wasn't a question to question God. You know, sometimes the, the motive is, is really the key. Many times we ask God not for a clarification. We ask God out of frustration. We ask God, in, in a sense, to explain himself and justify himself. God, has, God doesn't have to justify himself to us. But what we can ask is how and why. And our questions are helpful, but I'll give you this addendum. If we ask the right person. You know, the question was asked by Mary. It's, it's human to want to understand, but it's, it's also a danger to remain in our, in our own understanding. See, the danger in remaining in our own understanding is that we are limited. 
That's why he said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's why even in the most difficult circumstances, even when we can't understand, we ought to ask questions. And we ought to ask questions of the right person. See, the danger in remaining in our own understanding is that we're limited. And we can't see it all. We place ourselves into potential trouble when we lean on our own understanding. So we ought to ask Him. We ought to ask Him the questions. You know, much of prayer is asking. I wonder how many times are we we in desperate need? How many times are we in, in, uh, in times of no peace? And, and yet, the, the very one who knows it all is available to us. See, the trouble is, sometimes we ask everyone else's opinion before we ever go to God for the answer. You know, it, it's okay to get counsel. It's okay sometimes to speak to a friend just to un- unload what's on your heart. But I wonder how many times we would do that with God instead. I wonder how many times we would just go to God in, in, in desperate need for an answer, for a solution, when He's the one. We might know, but He does. I wonder how many times we, 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 have, we ought to have a helpful reaction to that human response and ask God. You know, He said it in Luke 11, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And if I can remind you about the context of that chapter, he was speaking about the friend who was importunate. He just kept going, kept asking, kept knocking, kept asking the questions and and kept seeking for an answer. And listen to today, sometimes when we go about and we're we're, we're frustrated and we're we're concerned and we're worried, we ought to expend more of our energy. Not worrying about the circumstances, but actually giving it over to the Lord in prayer. You know, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And I'm so glad today that we have a God who's not only open to listening, He actually has all the answers. He's a comfort. How many times have we faced an unknown, a changed circumstance, or an unfavorable result and not know what to do? And God's simply saying, ask, ask. He says in Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. You know, I think we know that academically. I think we know that, but when it comes down to it, when we're in the circumstance when we're, we're the ones that has received the unexpected news, how quickly do we unlearn what we've already supposedly learned? We ask. That's the helpful reaction. And so I wonder if, if you would just take the time. You know, sometimes we can get stuck in our own heads. And we're, we're, we've been kept in prison by our own imaginations because of fear. When we have, a, we have a God who is waiting to hear our concerns, to hear our, our questions, to reason with Him. And yet what we see also, lastly, this morning is, is Mary's response here in verse 38. 
So he explains a little bit further in verse 35 and 36. We hear this verse, For with God nothing shall be impossible, verse 37. And, and, and that's the reality of God. Nothing is impossible. It's not just in the positive, it's also in the negative. Job learned that, didn't he? He said, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But you know what Job did? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, you know, sometimes we look at that and we, we like that catchphrase as a bit of a pick-me-up for with God nothing is impossible. But, you know, that's also a surrender to us. When we say that, we say, look, it's not impossible for God to do this in my life either. And, and so the, the angel responds that way. But then notice Mary's response. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. You know what that is? It's a holy resting. She was resting in, in all that God had already revealed. Mary and Joseph, they found themselves not completely understanding all that was about to transpire. This was the impossible about to happen. It's never been done before. They had no point of reference. They had no one else's experience to point to. Yet in this moment, they, they had this holy resting. You know, often what we comfort ourselves with is, is others have gone through this, and, and that's possibly true in your situation. But what, what we need is, is not just a resting in others, it's a resting in Him. See, this Christmas, as we head into this, and maybe you evaluate your own situation. Maybe your life may not be quite what your, dare I say it, Instagram feed portrays. You may have fears that you don't dare display for all to see. You may have circumstances that are about, you're about to face in the new year. You may have great trepidations of what tomorrow brings. But I want to tell you, we can rest in God's assurances of hope. See, we as God's people, we can have a holy resting. And, and you know, we see we can rest in God's character. Because what the angel said was this, for with God. This is God's nature. This is God's character. And His Word bears out for, for us God's untainted track record. You know, God, He has dealt with every situation. He is who He says He is. And I'll tell you, we can trust Him. And we can rest in God's character. You know, we, we sometimes we know when someone makes a promise or someone makes a commitment that about 70% we might be able to trust. But, you know, with God, when he says he'll do it, he'll do it. And, and who God is is who he is. I am who I, who I am. And, and we can rest in God's character. See, it's for with God. It's God. We can also rest in God's plan. See, this announcement, it wasn't just random. It was part of God's will. And although it differed with Mary and Joseph's plan, it was still God's will. And that's really the, the, the sum of it. You know, sometimes the reason why we won't trust is because in the, in the end, it's not what we want. And, and yet, we can rest in what He wants, in His plan. He reminds us in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15, He says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue therein. There a year buy and sell and get gain, Whereas you know not what shall be in the morrow? Why, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away for that ye ought to say. Here's what we ought to say. If the Lord will, 
we shall live and do this or that. Later on in, in Luke chapter 2, verses, uh, verse 19, quickly turn there. Notice a little bit along the story. Verse 19, all of these things happen. The angels, the, the, the shepherds come to witness the birth of Christ. And notice Mary's response. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We skip down, look at verse 51. Verse 51. So later on, now, now Jesus had grown a little bit and he went down with them. Remember, he says, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And notice, and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. You know, what, what Mary did made it a habit to ponder those things that God had set before. Well, it was, it was a resting in God's plan. It was a resting in the fact that God said who he said he was. And because God is a God of love, because God is good, because God is all that he said he is, then we can rest in his plan. And we can rest, why? Because of God's Son. I want to tell you, what we forget is that the whole point of the circumstance that Mary faced was so Christ could be formed in her. You know, it was so that Christ could be born into the world. See, the unknowns we go through, all the ensuing trusting we then re respond with, it actually has the same effect. It's that Christ can be formed in us. You know, it says in Galatians 4.19, My little children, of whom I travail in, uh, in birth again until Christ be formed in you. You know, the, the circumstances that we face that are unexpected, when we, when we don't stay, we, we will have that human response. But when we, when we ask and when we seek Him and when we rest in Him, you know what Christ, what, you know what God's hoping to do? Is that He's hoping to form Christ in you. He's hoping that, that you would be more like Him. We love these verses in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. We love that. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know, the context of Romans 8 is all about trial and trouble. He's saying here that the whole purpose of that is that we might be formed in his image, so that Christ may be formed in us. And listen, God's ultimate goal for us this season, next season, and, and, and the ensuing years to come as God gives us grace to do so is not for our happiness, although that might be, the, that, that might be a, a byproduct of that. What God is trying to do is, is form Christ in us. And, and sometimes He's going to allow and He's going to actually organize unfavorable circumstances to get us to the point of trusting Him and trusting that the forming that He's doing in our lives is so that Christ can be revealed to the world. You know, our rest is found in looking to Christ working in our lives. And we see later on in verse 45, 
Luke 1.45, she goes to visit Elizabeth, her cousin, who was now six months into her own pregnancy, miracle pregnancy. And, and Elizabeth prophesies. She, 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 say, she sings this song. She says these things. And she says about Mary, And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. You know what was happening? Christ was being formed in her. And it takes some travail. She had to give birth. And listen, it takes some travail for us, for Christ to be formed in us. But it only, it only will happen if we believe, if we surrender, if we would rest. See, Christ was being formed in her. And often that means our faith becomes tested through the unknowns. But the outworking of that is just is this Jesus being seen in our lives. And you know what? Can I tell you, church, that in our day, the, the, the society we live in doesn't need, it doesn't need the best version of you. It doesn't need, it doesn't need another Christian. It just, it, they need one. And society that we live in needs a church who'd allow God to form Christ in them. The world doesn't need us. The world needs Christ. And the world needs Christians who will be like Christ. And so out of Mary, the Son of God is born. And through Him, all the world's problems and all of the unknowns become solved. And Jesus in us is the hope that we can share with those around and believing in his work in our lives is the comfort that we have through the hardship sometimes that we go through. You know, things that make life hard, they often feel worse at Christmas time. Now, culturally, we've turned Christmas into a matter of performance. There's a, there's a cultural pressure to have life at its social media best. Impressive-looking homes, delicious-looking food, precocious-looking children. Meanwhile, strained relationships, bereavement, financial difficulties, and uncertainties can feel all the more pronounced. A season of presumed celebration makes the hardships even more apparent. But can I tell you, we have rest. Not in our humanity, because in, hum in our human response, we respond in fear. Not even in just the questions we ask, as helpful as they can be. We can rest, can I tell you, church, this morning in the hope of our Savior. In the work that He's doing in us and then eventually through us. And so the lesson, the lesson is when the unexpected comes, we have one who knows and we have one that we can rest in. And His name is Jesus. I will tell you that he's not just the reason for the season. He is the reason. And in Christ, is, he wants to be formed in you. And so don't resist rest. Don't resist rest. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord God. Lord, just for the, the great purpose that we have in life. And Lord, we know. And we, we can, Lord, I, I, I guess sympathize and empathize and recognize, Lord, that, that the human condition just means that we go through at times uncertainty and un the unexpected happenings of life.
And all that, we, we strive for a reason. We strive for a response. We strive for some relief. And yet, we as your people, we see we have a reason. And you have a reason in us. And so I pray that you'd help us to rest in that today. Lord, I don't know the circumstances here. I don't know, um, Lord, what everyone's going through. But I just know this, that all of us, regardless of whether it's now or in the future, in the past, we've had to wrestle with unexpected circumstances. And so I pray that you'd please help us this morning to just surrender that a little bit. And then, Lord, just come to you in, in gratitude for, Lord, just the fact that you have a great purpose in that, that, Lord, we can find our resting in you. And so I pray that you'd help every one of us this morning. Let's have the piano play, every head bowed, every eye closed. And we're going to have a time of invitation this morning. And I wonder if you're here this morning. And firstly, I want to ask if you're saved. Has there been ever a time where you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? And I'm not asking you to be religious or, or good. I'm asking if, if there's been a time where you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the reason Jesus came was to save lost sinners like you and I. And I wonder if you would come this morning, and maybe those listening online, if you would just reach out to us, we'd love to show you from the Word of God how you could be saved. And then perhaps if you're a Christian, maybe you've been struggling, maybe there's been a real wrestling of, of the circumstances in your life. Maybe you know of someone who's going through that. Can I encourage you to come to this altar this morning and, and, and take some time to uh, perhaps just, just go beyond your human response and go and, and rest, have a holy resting in the Lord. And you might just, just come to the Lord and seek Him and, and, Lord, and just surrender Lord, the, the circumstances that you're going through. And I wonder if there's anyone here. As a piano plays, why don't we just uh, get, some, get some time with the Lord and, and rest in Him this morning.